This is the Stuff You Missed, Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here is your host for the Stuff You Missed Podcast, Dennis Cox. Coming up on today's show, reactions to the injury suffered by Carolina Hurricanes defenseman Dougie Hamilton, NFL discussions including the conference championship matchups this Sunday, a big weekend in ACC basketball, and more talks about cheating in baseball. In the Carolina Hurricanes' 3-2 loss last night at the Columbus Blue Jackets, defenseman Dougie Hamilton suffered a broken leg during the game, and the prognosis of his return is still not known. The guys on Sports Channel 8, the radio show, discuss Hamilton's injury. Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, this. let's start with the worst part. Gets hurt. I don't want to see a replay of this injury. You don't. No, don't. Nah, it's one of those you don't. Yeah, I get crazy it's not, on it's, that stuff anyway. It's not because hockey players have so much padding, you mm-hmm. don't get to see, like, the leg break that you see sometimes at a bare leg, but this yeah. one, my, this Boy, injury, uh, if if you if he wasn't covered in pads and full shorts or whatever, would have been gruesome, and you could tell what it looks like. The guys talk about how much Hamilton means to the team. The worst part, worse than the loss, it's a bad loss, but is, is Hamilton. I mean, just having an unbelievable season. Yeah, so all sort of coming to his own in a city that is starting to really take to him. We talk well. about this a lot of times, and people who know hockey better than us have said it better than us. But basically, it just looks like the perfect pairing of player and team, city, surrounding, teammates, coach, yep. everything, um, to, to allow him to maximize his skills. And to just have this happen uh, is devastating. Hayes Permar says it's been a rough week for Carolina sports fans. First thoughts are all with Dougie and the team. On a total selfish note, this had to come the same week as Luke Keekley. Really? Yeah. Just... We, who do, we need to put Devontae Graham in bubble wrap we right now. Well, luckily, luckily they, don't, they don't play until Monday. They actually, okay. this is the, good. This is right, one good. of the we biggest plays. And then next the week. But we got to be a little careful because next week they're playing in Paris. We put them on a plane? Yeah. Good Lord. And then a disagreement about Brian Geisinger broke out on the show. I didn't know they were going to Paris until BG said it on Wednesday. Wait, BG, and this is a little bit on you. Yeah, it's on you. you do at least... <laughs> I've brought it up on the show multiple times. No, uh, uh, no, yes, no, yes, no. Yes, I, yes. I, I would 100% have. I, I, I literally have literally, not heard it. Literally last week on the show I said, and again, or I think maybe on Monday this week Put too, it on the poll. I yeah. said, put it on the poll. I said, Devontae be- Graham leads the league in minutes. In part because the Hornets have played more games. Now they played. I remember that. They played. They played more games because they have they have multiple, a big break. Yeah, they have multiple rest days on yes. both sides of the Paris. Trip. But that's the only time I remember you saying Paris okay. on this show. Okay, but that, now it just went from zero to the only time. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. We, <laughs> yeah. we heard that. But I've done it multiple times. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I don't believe. I, you. I dispute that. Okay, you've already backtracked because you've already, it's already gone from zero to at least one. <laughs> no, no, we we give you the one. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do not believe the multiple times. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't like to do this. I'm yeah. siding with good. Anyway, it's, with your, it's your fault. You're not. You're, you you have some you, blame in this. You guys can make up for it by by letting allowing me to go to Paris. On Adam and Joe, Adam Gold talks about what Dougie's injury means to the Hurricanes. I mean, everything he's done this year. He's going to the All Star game. Uh, just absolutely crushing. And now the team has to figure out how to kind of compensate for his absence. Well, frankly, it was just, it's been a tough week already for fan favorites. Luke Keekley announces his retirement right. and puts everybody in his feels. And then Dougie Hamilton, another fan favorite, he is uh, with the broken leg. My immediate thought in watching that last night was, first off, oh, crap, that looks bad. Oh, my gosh, it, it bent under his le- yeah. under his body. Joe Ovia says that you can't help but think of a gloomy outlook for the Hurricanes. The next thought was, I don't want to be the pessimist, but that might be the season. Not just for Dougie Hamilton, but for the team. Because 
The Carolina Hurricanes, I've been pretty optimistic about the fact that they have been in the playoff hunt for a good while now. And it's one thing to be in the wild card mix, but you looked up at the Metro, and we actually talked about this with John Forslund earlier in the week. There's no reason why they could get something going here uh, before the break and start flirting with somewhere in inside the Metro cut line in the top three. But without Dougie Hamilton, who is one of their one of their best players, and on top of that, crucial to the defense, which has been through some changes, maybe not as good as it was last year. Maybe. You're listening to Stuff You Missed, the best on 99.9 The Fan. I'm Dennis Cox. Thanks once again for tuning in this evening. Switching over to the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr. finds himself in the headlines once again as he was seen allegedly handing cash to LSU players after their national championship victory over Clemson. But the city of New Orleans also issued an arrest warrant for Odell Beckham for a simple battery charge. Trey Wingo on Golik and Wingo this morning talks about how Beckham's actions have impacted both LSU and the Browns. Odell Beckham Jr. now, on some level, whether it's stupid or when you disagree or not, that's a separate issue, has put the team he used to play for in college in some jeopardy because they're dealing with the allegations of, not the allegations, we saw him do it, handing out the cash, what that means, how that's going to have to do. And now because, whether it was petty or not, he decided to physically right. touch a someone uh, of, a, of a security figure there. He's now put the team that employs him in a difficult he situation. Has. And the one constant in this is that Odell has made this decided to make this about him rather than everything else. ESPN NFL analyst Damian Woody joined Golick and Wingo to talk about what the Cleveland Browns might do with Beckham. Who knows what the, how, the, how the front office is going to deal with it? Do they listen? Do I think they should make a move? No, I think. Odell Beckham Jr., his talent outweighs what just happened. Uh, but you never know what the front office might be thinking as far as, you know what, we might want to clean up some of these things and get a get a team that's less that's a little bit more quiet than, than what was what was going on last year. ESPN NFL front office insider Lewis Riddick talks about how the actions of Beckham impacts LSU. It's one of those deals where it's kind of benign in nature as far as what he did, but at the same time, it – takes away from what was obviously a tremendous championship weekend for the state of Louisiana and for LSU in particular. It takes away from that and puts the focus on someone who obviously was just trying to enjoy the moment and and maybe cross the line as far as how you know demonstrative he was in terms of his excitement and now is in the spotlight again for something again that is rather benign, that is being talked about explosively on, on national TV and on national radio. And that's just the kind of thing that you don't want when you're kind of circling back and you're bringing it to the Cleveland Browns. It's something that you don't want as a new regime coming in to have to answer questions about and have to deal with. You want to keep the conversation with Odell Beckham about being on the football field and what is he going to do under this new regime and help this team become what it needs to become. The guys on Sports Channel 8, the radio show, joke around about OBJ handing out cash. It is amazing that there was an LSU like athletic department higher up that tried to tell a media member that the money that Odell it was, was taking, uh, it was fake money. We did, it's we, just, we definitely it's just hysterical, uh, we, dude. Yeah, we hit this yesterday. Of it's like, amazing. First answer was like, all right, will they be able to see the cash? No, no. No. Fake, fake cash. money. <laughs> yeah. Fake cash. Monopoly. Like, you think Odell Beckham Jr. No. has novelty money? No. The kind that comes it's with the... Millions of real dollars. With the with the $100 bill the shooter that you can buy <laughs> from like the store that comes with like a stack of fake bills. You think that's what he's... It's, he's in, it's incredible. Money also random. I know you can counterfeit it, but like... It kind of stacks in an, in an odd way where, like, you can tell that that's real money just the way he's holding it. You know what I mean? Especially. Yeah. Those were Beckham bucks. Those yeah. weren't real. <laughs> that's not real U.S. currency. 
Switching over to college basketball, Sports Channel 8, the radio show, got into a discussion about the Duke-Louisville matchup tomorrow, and Brian Geisinger gives his evaluation on the Cardinals. So they are good, but I do think, and this is what this was what the concern was for them even before the season started, like they're doing the whole point guard by committee thing. Yep. And I think it's cost them in a couple games. The Florida State game rings to mind. Um, it, they do have a freshman guard, David Johnson, that's played well in some games. He was very good against Pittsburgh this week. Um, if he could somehow take over, like I think Chris Mack and that staff really wants David Johnson to grab that point guard position and run with it. And he hasn't quite been able to do it. Um, Jordan Moore is really good, but he can't really create his own shot. Um, but yeah, I think Louisville is is quite good, though. Yes. Josh Goodson shares who's likely to be favored here in the triangle this weekend. Duke will be favored. Uh, State will probably be a decent sized favorite. A, a number in the sense that a lot of people would be like, wait, they're kind of like the other night against yeah, Miami. Yeah, yeah. They're an eight point favorite. Yep. UNC um, also, UNC will not be favored. Goodson also says that NC State's matchup against Clemson on Saturday is a big one for the Wolfpack. I actually think it's a big game for State. Obviously, it's you're at a huge home. Game for State. But looking at their next. Two weeks. Yep. They go. They play Saturday. Then they have to go at Virginia on Monday. Then another road game after that. Then they have two home games, which is UNC, which rival game. Cole Anthony's return, probably the resurrection, <laughs> and the fall. And then that same Cole week, three sixteen. Yeah, good <laughs> the resurrection. Then the same week, um, Louisville comes to Raleigh. So yep. you, you need to all yeah, these wins. You, you, you need a yep. hey. It's not a must win. It's a don't lose. Don't, don't lose. lose. This is Stuff You Missed, the best of 99.9 The Fan. I'm Dennis Cox. Thanks once again for tuning in this evening. On the other side, Bomani Jones of ESPN stopped by Adam and Joe this afternoon to talk about the sign-stealing scandal in Major League Baseball. And Chris Myers of Fox Sports stopped by the David Glenn Show to talk about the upcoming conference championship matchups this weekend. Hear all that and more coming up next. More information and accusations in the sign-stealing scandal in Major League Baseball as members of the Houston Astros are alleged to have worn buzzers underneath their uniforms to help signal the pitches that were coming in. Mike Golick on Golick and Winger this morning talks about potential player discipline. I think not punishing the players involved was a mistake by baseball. You know, so you, yeah. you had players. This was a player-run thing outside of Alex Cora, who was a bench coach for the Astros, helping kind of over oversee it all. But the players were the ones involved in this, and Major League Baseball said we're not we're not punishing the players here. Basically, they're saying we're treating the players like minor kids, and yeah. we're punishing the adults, saying you should control the minors. ESPN MLB analyst Mark Teixeira on Golik and Wingham this morning also weighs in on player punishment. It's impossible to try to to look at every single player on that team and say you're you're guilty of this of this really bad action. I bet there's a, a player or two on that team that say, "Hey guys, this is wrong. I'm not going to be a part of it. If if I'm up to the plate, just just keep me out of this because it was so wrong. It's not like all the Astros players got together and were like, "Man, we're doing a great service. Let's write a book about this and teach kids how to cheat at baseball." They knew they were doing something wrong, and so. If, if you're a player that's on the edge and saying, I don't really want to be doing this, but your teammates have that peer pressure and your coaches are telling you, hey, this is what we do here. Imagine if you're a AAA player that got called up 
for one week and was told this is what we do here, you're going to suspend that kid? You're, you're going to not let him play this year? That just doesn't make sense. Teixeira also says that he doesn't think Major League Baseball is done investigating this. I think they should. I think they will. I think you know this is one of those things that you don't want to let this scandal to spin out of control to the point where two, three years down the line we're still talking about it because little bits of information are coming out. All it takes is one disgruntled Astros employee to blow the whole it on all of this and so or or another Mike Fires and, and I commend Mike Fires for coming out and finally saying something here but if Major League Baseball just kind of lets it go from here and it does come out that there were more devices buzzers underneath shirts I think that would be bad for for all of baseball Mike Golick Jr. discusses how Major League pitcher Trevor Bauer backs up the claim that the Astros wore buzzers underneath their uniforms what Trevor Bauer said in response to those tweets was, I have heard this from multiple parties, too, for what it's worth. Basically, co-signing the claims that were made by an account whose origins we don't know in all this. But once that was out there, even though those claims were unsubstantiated and not from a source that we rely on, a major league pitcher came to that and said, oh, no, I have heard these same things. And so, to your point, I'm not sure what Major League Baseball does with that because you can say you've gone through this investigation, but if the pressure starts to mount publicly now because of things that Trevor Bauer and other players were starting to very publicly talk about online yesterday as a result of that, I don't know what happened. But Monty Jones of ESPN stopped by Adam and Joe to talk about how crazy yet believable some of these accusations are. So they're in that weird place. Like Simmons used to talk about that, the Tyson zone, where any accusation that came up about Mike Tyson, you might believe, Mm -hmm. because every story that there was about Mike Tyson was crazy. The Astros apparently were existing in that space within their own industry. And now it looks like something super crazy. I heard the cats got things uh, taped on them so they could find out what the pitch is. It looks like they did. It did look like it. That's the thing. I'm watching these videos, and I'm going, Just ask yeah. Aroldis Chapman. Okay. He knew. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he knew in that video. Adam Gold says this has been taking place for a long time. The shot heard around the world, arguably the most famous yeah. home run ever hit. The Giants stole signs using a telescope for the entire series. So there you go. I mean, th- so in 1951 it happened. It's happened before. It's baseball. So, yeah. yeah. But but I don't think it necessarily makes it any less offensive. No. But Monty Jones says he won't be surprised to see the game police itself and pitchers start to retaliate against hitters. You cannot deny technology. So, I don't know. I just start, You start coming up with counterintelligence, making a whole on cyber war. The, the Cardinals hacked another team, for heaven's sake. Yep, they did, and I saw this brought up, and I think this is going to happen. Some cats need to be careful leaning in because some heaters going to be coming in the uh, in, uh, 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 up and in yeah. or on the way. True. They well, got a way of they got a way of solving this. That's the way baseball has always policed. This is stuff you missed. The best of ninety nine nine. The fan. I'm Dennis Cox. Switching over to the NFL, Chris Myers of Fox Sports, who's going to be on the broadcast this Sunday for the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers, on the David Glenn Show, talked about how both games this weekend are rematches from the regular season and how much impact those regular season games have on this weekend. Having worked with Troy Aikman and Daryl Johnston from those Cowboys Super Bowl teams as broadcasters, they kind of say it really goes out the window. They experienced, let's say, the Eagles twice during the year, then even in the in the postseason. So facing a team three times, but each game is different, takes on its own personality. You know a little bit about the personnel if you've faced that team before. Now, in this case, they're not in the same division. But I, I think both teams are, are a little bit different. They're a little bit better. They're a little bit healthier than when they met earlier in the year, at least regarding the Packers 49ers. So 
I, I think, you know, coaches and players will take a little from that. But if you lean on that too much, and I think it was Kyle Shanahan in his case for his team who said, let's, let's not be stupid about this. That, you know, that we, it was a lopsided win. We took care of it. Oh, do you think it's going to be easy again? You're fooling yourself. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I think that's the, I think that's the right approach. Meyer says the biggest strength for the 49ers is their rushing attack. But the 49ers have the better running game. Not that Aaron Jones didn't have a great year, and that's Matt LaFleur's offense. But the three-pronged attack of Raheem Mostert and Matt Breida and uh, Tevin Coleman at the beginning against Minnesota, you saw them just kind of run the ball down the throat of the Vikings, who were a very good defensive team. So that attack, that offensive line, that Kyle Shanahan style through Mike Shanahan run game, which, by the way, Matt LaFleur was part of at one point because he came from that system yeah. with Shanahan and Sean McVay, uh, I, I think is a definite advantage. Uh, and so that, that, again, weighs in favor of the 49ers. They're playing at home. That's in their favor. ESPN NFL front office insider Lewis Riddick on Golik and Wingo says what we need to expect this weekend from Aaron Rodgers. It's interesting to talk about Aaron Rodgers as a safety net, but that's how I'm going to refer to him. Because I think this offense will run through Aaron Jones in particular, and the play-action game, the passing game, will flow off of that. And then if it gets to one of these situations where they get caught behind on the scoreboard and Aaron has to throw it, or they get in a situation where they feel as though they can exploit some matchups, they're pass-protecting well enough, and they want to throw it a little bit more, there's no question, as Aaron showed you against the Seahawks, that this is a guy who can put some throws out there that just make you go wow and have your jaw hitting the floor. He's still that caliber. The interesting thing about it, though, is, and this is something he's alluded to all year long, is he doesn't have to be that guy all the time anymore. Riddick also says that the Packers and the Titans need to slow down George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. When it comes to tight ends like this, you cannot allow them to play basketball against you and get position on you like a rebounder in basketball and just catch the ball in front of you. You have to front these guys right from the get-go, mean, meaning get up on the line of scrimmage and reroute them as hard as possible, turning in, turn it into a street fight with good technique, of course, but then play underneath them and get between them and the thrower, and them and the quarterback, and then try and make sure you have good ball skills and you have good route recognition, you have good finishing skills to try and you know come up with some PBUs, maybe an interception, and hold them to a minimum. If you get caught behind them, they're just too big and they're too fast. They're just going to box you out and their catch radius is just too big. And they will just rack up stats on you. Myers also tells David Glenn that the Titans have the opportunity to do something special this weekend. Uh, we didn't know that Tannehill would do what he did in that position. And, and we didn't know that they could go on the road and beat New England and Baltimore back-to-back. I mean, and they have, something, they have a chance to do something incredible. They're, you know, they would knock off Kansas City so you'd be peeling off division winners on your way if they could do it. And you're right, this is a closer game, too, because I think Tennessee has the better defense. Now, the Chiefs' defense has improved this year, which has allowed them to win some big games and be in the position they're in. But we know they're more about Patrick Mahomes and the offense. And I mean, they have such speed. And that, that that's something that I think we, we thought Baltimore had speed, but the Chiefs have the, the kind of speed I think will give Tennessee some problems. You've been listening to the Stuff You Missed, Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast with host Dennis Cox. Don't forget, there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and TuneIn. This podcast also airs every weeknight at 6.30 after Adam and Joe on 99.9 The Fan.